It doesn't necessarily mean that I only drink Diet Coke. It just means that... Welcome to Dunstan Checks, man. (laughs) The best and only podcast breaking down the 1996-8 film minute by minute and pairing each of those minutes with another feature film. I am Lord Andrew. And I am Diet Coke. Oh, not even... You're not even going to Dunstanize that. No, no. I'm just... I'm Diet Coke. Is that... Would you say it's... it shouldn't be Dunstanized or that you won't do it. <laughs> I'm saying I haven't thought for the listener who is, who doesn't like follow me on Twitter and isn't subscribed to the Patreon and therefore doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about right now. I've experienced a bit of a rebranding. I'm diet Coke now. Um, I haven't thought of a Dunstanized version of diet Coke yet. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. So all I can say for now is that I'm Diet Coke. Great. So we're going to talk about minute 71 <laughs> of Dunstan Checks In. That's correct. Uh, and, and yeah, the film Mystery Train. Yes, which you chose to pair with this minute. I did. Uh, so we'll get to that when, you know, when you decide. When the time is right. Yeah. So we're under the table with Dunstan. That's exactly where we are, yes. And uh, Lord Rutledge just peeked his head underneath, uh, lifted up the table skirt, look, looked in, sees Dunstan. And then uh-huh. another part of the table skirt lifts, and in pops Mrs. Della Croce. What a fucking move. Yeah. You know, Andrew... <laughs> what, what do you think of this move? Let me ask you a question, Andrew. Okie dokie. Have you ever been horny in your life? Well, you, you don't have to you answer know, that. You don't have to answer that. Look, you do know the answer to that. <laughs> Listen, let's put ourselves in the minds of Mrs. Delacroche. Sure. She is horned as hell. Yeah. This is obvious. She. Yeah. Well, what we had learned previously is that she travels without Mr. Delacroce. Correct. And Um, when she does that, she goes carousing. And perhaps she has a regularly scheduled dalliance with um, one of the massage boys at the Majestic Hotel. You remember what you named him? Jacob. (laughs) I wrote down David. I can't recall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yet, apparently... Not an, I guess. I mean, I guess she didn't have sex with him because she had the the run in with Dunstan. So I guess that makes sense that she's still horny. I think they did copulate. <laughs> oh, right, because like he came back into the room after Dunstan left. Is that the? Yeah, is and that she grabbed him. She did. You're That's right. Me. I think they did copulate. So yeah. perhaps she is much like uh, the professional wrestler Layla, mm-hmm. uh, as her theme song would indicate. She's insatiable. She can't get enough. Yeah, and I, I, I think um, Lord Rutledge had, had kind of set up a little bit of, uh, you know. Something. Oh, sure. He was like seducing her for crime reasons. Yeah, and then as soon as the crime went and, and then it all went wrong, he stopped. And now she's uh-huh. kind of like uh, dangling there thinking like, are, 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 is this going to happen? Yeah. And so she, so she goes in for the kill essentially here. Well, and this is what I'm saying. If you're, let's put ourselves in her shoes. Mm-hmm. We're super horned up Mm -hmm. for 
Lord Rutledge. And if it helps, we can we can both imagine someone we would actually be horny for in real life and not Lord Rutledge. Mm. We see the object of our affection going under a table. Mm-hmm. At a crowded ball. Mm-hmm. We decide to meet them there instead of just waiting for them to come out. Now, I, I think actually, if you look at the angle, the side that she is ducking under is the side that's facing the wall. So I think she thought she had a little cover. What are you implying, Andrew? That she, if you're in the middle of a room and you duck under a table, you're very visible. But if oh, you fair. duck under from the side that is against a wall or near a wall, less people will see you. My point is... Mm-hmm. Why not wait for them to come back up? Uh, because she's giving some secret information, I think. Right. I mean, she did say her room number to him once before, I thought, though. So she's just reminding him, I guess that that is the, the gist of what happens here. The, there's a she says she asks seductively if he's looking for something. Uh huh. And he, he says, lost you. And he says, lost youth. Oh, youth. Yeah, I thought he said lost you as in he was trying to be sexually playful with her to play off the moment. It took me a couple of watches to to hear it, but it's lost youth. He's kind of trying to play it off as like, oh, you know, we've aged and I'm looking for my youth under your ha ha ha. How funny. That's a fucking mood. And so (laughs) and so she says that she's in room 812, which we knew that he knew because he sent Dunstan there to steal the the jewels. And he went there himself to pre-crime. Some pre-crime. Um, as we all know from the purge, pre-crime can't get you arrested. So, And uh, lost youth, right? And uh-huh. so when Delacroce says her room number and then she ducks out, Dunstan has disappeared. Delacroce never noticed Dunstan. Well, she was no. not facing him. And she covered for his exit. Correct. <clears throat> Un- unintentionally, me. I believe, but she did cover. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but do you... We did see her arrive at the crystal ball with um, her masseuse friend. Do you that think, is true. Yeah. Do you, do you think she has ditched him? Do you think he has ditched her? Do you think this is just threesome? She's trying to set up a threesome. Well, either that or it was a planned like this is only for the ball and then we'll go off. I mean, do you think I here's honestly, honestly, here's what I think. I think Jacob knows his place. Oh, okay. I think he knows that he does what Mrs. Delacroce asks. Uh-huh. And sometimes she's horny for Jacob and sometimes she's horny for Lord Rutledge. I mean, I, I, I think also, I mean, you, you could, you could say maybe he's only in it for the tips, you know? Sure. Uh, but I, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so then, Oh, when, when I wanted to note this, when Mrs. Delacroce leaves, she does like a, a, you know how you blow a kiss to someone that you like? Sure. Well, she does that to. I did that just Ridge. earlier today to my girlfriend. She does that in a way that it's like she's like firing a kiss gun. <laughs> she puts it on the tip of her finger and then shoots it at him. Yeah, that is something else, you know? That is a powerful move. <laughs> she's a strong, uh, she makes strong choices that uh, Mrs. Delacroce. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then we now cut to, of course, uh, Lord Rutledge sees that Dunstan's gone, is upset. Uh, then we have um, our next 
vignette. Yeah, the vin- vignette is a good word to say because this is this is something I wrote down. This is a big minute mm-hmm. in that there's just a lot of different shit happening. Yeah. Okay, so our next vignette is that um, uh, kid, kid Kyle. <laughs> I always have to do the trick. <laughs> Same. Um, Kyle is telling uh, Mr. Grant what has happened, his father. Yeah, and Robert. We just come right over to Robert saying, he tied you up. And he says it real loud. Um, yeah, this is a rare instance of uh, of uh, Robert Grant loving his kids, and that he thinks <laughs> he does seem very angry at the idea that someone tied his kid up. Yeah, and uh, he, he he says, "Oh, he's going to hurt Dunstan." And then Jason Alexander does something here that I I think is very um, it's very it's it's a uh, it's a kind of acting you'd see on stage. Sure, he he takes a moment. And he lets the emotion wash over him. You, you That's true. Go <laughs> through. He 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 takes in, and he kind of huffs and puffs it. He really, he, yeah. He, he really, yeah. Uh, and he puffs it out, and he you can see his mind go through a lot of different things. He goes big with this yeah. with this moment. Mm-hmm. And then he says, um, he says, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna you're gonna split up. You're gonna find the monkey. Mm-hmm. You're gonna take him up stairs such a bizarre choice of robert grant to be like oh shit there's someone else looking for this ape and he tied you up once before and he's possibly dangerous go right back in the shit and get that well then he says i'm gonna take care of lord rutledge sure but like have murray go after the ape you know yeah sure of course (laughs) i i think i don't want this to be lost I, i i this is so important he says Split up, find the monkey, take him upstairs to our place, to our apartment. Oh yeah, we have previously wondered about the um, the location of the apartment within the hotel. So he says upstairs. Yeah, we had. I think good catch. My theory has been that it was a basement. Uh huh. Yes, but, and then, you know what? I was inclined to agree with your theory. There was there was a window that was low or high on the wall, and it kind of looked like it was looking out to street traffic. Yeah, uh, it looked like it was part of the kitchen area, which we had seen is uh, you know all on the ground floor or below. Um, uh huh. And, and uh, was- I gotta say the the detail that it's upstairs really makes no fucking sense. It seems like a weird thing to introduce at this point. Yeah, it really, really, really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I really, I, mean, I guess that's the whole thing about this museum having like this museum, this, this, museum. Ho- this hotel having like weird pocket dimensions. And, uh, you know, that's going to be the sequel is that Mrs. Dubrow, well, she gets, we know, but Mr. Dubrow sells off the Majestic Hotel to a museum manager and he makes it into the Majestic Museum. And then Dunstan has to come back. <laughs> he left his favorite banana in the vent. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh take him upstairs. So then uh our our now we're on our third vignette of the minute. Uh-huh. Uh we have Buck Lafarge. Buck Lafarge. Lafarge uh, and in charge. Yeah, he's now speaking to his dog and he says uh-huh. Well, the dog makes a noise. And then he says, he's in there, Fang. The dog's name like is to, Fang. I would, I would like to talk about Mystery Train. <laughs> I, yeah, let's do it. So, first of all, let me just say, mm-hmm. 
Mystery Train, a film that primarily focuses on a hotel. So already right there, there's a tie-in to Dunstan. Good. Yeah. So like that's set. That's fine. And we can both agree that this was an acceptable movie for me to choose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened in the moment was last episode, you asked me to name the movie and I was clearly very stalling because I didn't have a movie yet. Mm-hmm. And I was actually watching the minute while you were talking to me, trying to think of a connection. Wow, I never would have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> and what here's what happened. So I saw this moment in the minute, which was obviously like a Lassie reference, you know? Oh, okay. And I, re- I vaguely remembered a Lassie reference in a film that mm-hmm. I thought maybe it was UHF, the Weird Al film, but I wasn't 100% sure. Mm-hmm. So while I was talking to you, I went to IMDb, I went to Lassie, I went to the connections section to see all of the movies in which the movie Lassie has been referenced. Now I'll tell you, I did not know you went on this journey. This is <laughs> <laughs> I did. And um I didn't I didn't find anything that looked like the movie I was looking for, mm-hmm. but I did find Mystery Train, a movie which I had seen before and that was remembered liking, so I said fuck it, that's good enough and I picked it. <laughs> Okay. So let's talk about Mystery Train. Had yeah. you seen this film before? Uh, can you hold for just one second? My computer yeah. made a lot of <laughs> notifications. And sure. I think everything's fine. Can you, you can still hear me? I can still hear you crystal clear. Great. Okay. I don't know what the hell my computer just did. But it <laughs> made a lot of fucking noise and popped up a notification and acted like I unplugged something. But everything is fine. Great. Love it. To answer your question. I had not seen Mystery Train before. Okay. Had you heard of Mystery Train before? I, I had, but I think specifically because you had me watch uh, The Dead Don't Die. Yes, by Jim Jarmusch. Also, yeah, yeah. The, both films by Jim Jarmusch. And and at for that film, I said, I didn't care for this. And you <laughs> said, oh, well, not all of his movies are like this. And I think one of the ones you listed that I might enjoy was Mystery Train. Uh, because like some stuff does happen in this movie, unlike his other movies, which tend to be like his movies are always like super low key, but they're co- sometimes like the Dead Won't Die, where it's like extremely low key, and then there are times like Mystery Train, where it's like it's not so low key that it's like it's unrealistic. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, would I, you? Yeah, I, I would agree. I I think the other thing is um, because. I don't even know how to. This movie is interesting. Well, like, well, let me ask you this: Did you like this movie? I don't know. I did, but not. I I liked it a lot. And then when I hit, uh, I got to the third. There's three stories that are told. Yeah. When I got to the third story, I thought, well, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna love this movie. And then <laughs> by the end of the third story, I went, okay, I just like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the third story is tough. I will sort of defend the third story as saying like. The Joe, so Joe Strummer is the main character, I would say, in mm-hmm. the third story. Joe Strummer, uh, the lead singer from The Clash, people might know him, mm-hmm. but he acts in this movie. I would say that that is a sort of person that exists, and I think that is it is a well-done, accurate portrayal. I don't think that's necessarily the most likable person or, uh, you know. No, I, you know what? Honestly, I don't – he's not even my problem. Oh, interesting. Okay. What is your problem? I, I was so – I did like his character, not like it as a person, but like yeah. the portrayal was so good. And I liked mm-hmm. that he had those little echoes of the the character in the first vignette with the 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 lighter 
and the so hand. yeah 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 we should so we should describe for the people what this movie is about yeah sure sure Mystery Train is a 1989 film by George by George by Jim Jarmusch. George 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 <laughs> that uh, centers on like a rundown hotel uh, motel rather in Memphis, uh, and it's three vignettes of um, people who s- spend the night at that motel. Mm. Uh, the first is about a Japanese couple who are like really into classic rock and roll, and they come to ben- Memphis to see. Uh, did I say Japanese couple or did I just say couple? You said Japanese couple. Okay, well, because they're tourists is all is that is yeah, yeah, yeah. important. Um, they come to visit Graceland well, and, they, and they some studios. Speak, they don't speak English, English. yeah, they or speak not a lot. Yeah. Well, the woman does. The 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 guy doesn't so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is an Italian woman who is trying to get home to Rome, but she has an unexpected um, like thirty six hour layover in Memphis. Um, and then the the third one is like Joe Strummer as like this sort of drunk out of control guy who kills someone and has to hide out in the hotel. He's British. He is British as well because he's Joe. But he Strummer. lives there. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I didn't know Joe Strummer was British before this movie. Interesting. I don't, I, did you know I, he was the lead singer of the Clash? I knew he was a singer. Okay. <laughs> I knew he sang in some band that was famous back then. <laughs> Good. Well, I mean, I would argue that they were most famous before this movie came out, but sure. Well, I mean, back then, as in when this movie came out, like, <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? Yeah, the seventies and eighties, they were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I think it's very what this movie, you know, in in describing, you've done a better d- job of describing this movie than, oh, say an IMDb description that I I saw. <laughs> When I sure. was when I was looking for this movie, and it said like um, th- three um, three travelers uh, have encounters with ghosts of Elvis, and I was like, "That's not what." <laughs> yeah, only one. I mean, only one, one of them does, but the yeah. other two, yeah. Um, and Elvis is prominent. You know, he's spoken about. He's referenced uh, visually. He's there, so yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I I and I like that it's so it I I. I feel like this movie was made because Jim Jarmusch went to Memphis and was like, oh, I have to make a movie. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Um, In whatever, and listen, I'm not going to judge you. You know, I'm not going to judge you if you used illicit means to acquire this movie. But in whatever format you watch this movie, were there subtitles for the foreign language parts? Uh, (laughs) Yes, but let me tell you, I had to make sure of it. Well, yeah, because I they're they're actually there. So some releases of this movie include. Mm-hmm. So the first segment is a Japanese couple, and they're speaking primarily in Japanese. Yeah. Um. But you know, this movie's made in America by Americans. It's an American movie. Um. Some releases of this film include translate like English subtitles for the Japanese and uh, briefly Italian uh, language segments of the film, and some don't. So there's a lot of people actually who watch this movie just being like, "Oh, I guess it's an artistic choice that the Japanese and, and the Italian isn't translated." Wow. Um. But yeah, that, I just had to get that out of the way because I had to I had to understand on what level you were interacting with the yeah. film. Had had you do you, you saw it with subtitles? I, I did. I, I'd also seen this movie before, so like I yeah. I, 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 I knew the deal, you know. Uh, um, yeah. I I thought it was this movie. Uh, I I got really into it just because you know there's this idea of when you're traveling, right? Mm-hmm. There's already this you're kind of a fish out of water situation. Yeah. But having the first the first segment be 
mostly in a different language. Yeah, so and the, the second, thing the second segment is only partially in a different language. And mm-hmm. then by the time you get to the third segment, it's all in English, but there it still has the foreigner element that he is a British man who's True. not yeah, it's also like what I what I sort of like about this movie. And this is I would say, especially for the time, not not likely is that like them being foreigners is never played for jokes. Mm-hmm. Like especially with like I mean this like this is this was definitely a thing like in America in American culture to, to, to today still, but especially in the eighties, like a like the Japanese tourist is like a character is an arc a racist stereotype in movies, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's. Terrible. Uh, but this movie doesn't really play them that way. Like this movie just kind of like portrays them as just like real, like like people essentially. I mean, like it it should be obvious to say that these people are people. But like, I I I I don't know. It's interesting. It's 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 nice to see. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just I just I just this movie is just like a fucking interesting vibe piece as far as I'm concerned. What? Oh yeah, for sure. What's the uh, what's the Lassie reference? What's what was it? Oh, so at one point in the movie, um, Steve Buscemi, who's in the film, is talking with uh, a character who's the, the character name in the film is Will Robinson, and um, he yeah. says, "I just realized your name is Will Robinson, like Will Robinson from Lost in Space." Um, and then in describing the movie, he he mentions that the mom from that quote the mom from Lassie was on the show. Oh right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I I will say, you know, to pair it with this minute, I thought because I, I hadn't watched the minute before I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. When I watched the minute, I went, oh, right. This is this mo- minute is kind of cut up into like vignettes of things happening kind of uh, all over in the same event, you know? And, yeah. And there are certain things that tie together. Like, the, I mean, the gunshot is the big thing where mm-hmm. you 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 hear the gunshot in all three vignettes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was very I, I thought that was very interesting. I, I was almost worried because from what I knew of Jim Jarmusch, which was um, the dead don't die. Sure. I was very worried that the gunshot would never be addressed. <laughs> you and I, I mean, you and I were coming at this from different angles. Me as as like I, I like Jim Jarmusch. He's he, I, I really enjoy him as a filmmaker. I've seen a number of his films. You uh, is the dead don't die. The only one of his you had seen prior to this. I even on that episode, I said maybe I saw one other, but I can't remember <laughs> what it was called. It's yeah. fair to say that generally speaking, you're not a fan. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but this this is really this one did turn me around. I'm okay. I, that's good to know. If this one, I, if I didn't like this one, I would have written him off entirely. Sure. <laughs> but uh, this this one charmed me. It is charming. Like um, I don't know. There's just so there's like uh, the the Japanese couple is my favorite of the three vignettes. Um, Mm. but I do like all of them. They're just, I don't know. There's so many little moments that I think are nice. It's just like, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just a vibe piece. It's, it's like them walking around Memphis and some like kind of weird shit happens in each mm-hmm. vignette. Uh, I, I, I really, really enjoyed with the, um, with the Italian woman that sure, it, yeah. it never had to be said that she was a mob wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the closest they came was right at the end when the gunshot goes off. She says, "Sound like a 38. I yeah, love, yeah. I yeah. love that. Like all we see about, like it's it's never said directly, but we know that she has, like she doesn't she doesn't give a shit about spending money. Like she spends money very easily throughout the segment, and that she can easily identify a gunshot sound. Yeah. Um. What I, I mean, what I like about this movie is like I, I would say the Dead Don't Die movie, which we previously watched on this podcast. Mm-hmm 
that movie is sort of Jim Jarmusch at at. The, I mean, I like the movie, but it is it is Jim Jarmusch at the most up his ass. I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Mystery Train does maybe a little more successfully is um, the the fact that the characters are sort of low key. Like like none of the characters are especially charismatic necessarily. They're all just very like normal seeming people. I guess the third segment is kind of a, an exception there. Um, mm. but they, they seem to me, they seem more like real people because they're, they're not having this like heightened form of dialogue that you usually see in movies. Well, I, I almost feel like the, the way the movie goes is the deeper that the, the longer the movie goes, the mm-hmm. more that the movie kind of accepts the stories of Memphis, like the way that Elder sure. is yeah. a character, he becomes kind of fully realized through the Johnny English. Is that his name? English Johnny. They yeah. call him Elvis. They call him Elvis because he has like a pompadour and, and sideburns. Yeah. And like he he is the most, you know, outrageous character. He is the character that is not low key or chill at all. Like, yeah, yeah. he's the character who like who. Well, his character is sort of interesting because he's like he's sort of you go on a roller coaster, I would say, with that character mm-hmm. where like when you first see him, he's like kind of being an asshole and waving a gun around in a bar. And like his friend has to be like has to call someone who's closer to him and be like, Hey, come get your boy. He's like being an asshole in this bar, mm. waving a gun around. Um, and then the next, we see him in. Um, there's a scene in the liquor store where, like, the cashier calls his friend the N word, and then he fucking shoots the cashier. Which is like, it's a super wild card thing, but it's also like you kind of can't help but like be like, hell yeah, fucking shoot that guy. That guy sucked. I did. I wrote down. Uh, uh, well, I wrote killed a racist. He. He. We find out he doesn't die, but yeah. He, shot a racist uh good like it's yeah not, yeah <laughs> but then like as the minute goes on like he's kind of like a shitty racist in his own right um yeah he, he gets mad when he about you know racism against white people uh which <laughs> like sucks and is shitty he's just like a he's an interesting character i would say yeah i and i think the the other thing about him is that when we first find out about him in the movie it's mm-hmm. through a story yeah and then he is we meet yeah him. because so in kind the, of like it's kind of like the way the Elvis story becomes real. Like it, exactly. Like the second segment, we we meet his, we learn ex, uh, not wife, I guess, because they were never actually married. Beyonce, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But we we meet his lady, so to speak, mm-hmm. and she is leaving him. Uh, she's the character in the second story, and then we meet him in the third. Um, so what what didn't you like? What turned you off about the third story that made you go from loving this movie to just liking it? Uh, it just really went on so long, like with them. Fair. Yeah. After after the gunshot, they kind of dri- drink and drive around. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they end up at the you know at the hotel, that that lost in space story does go on a bit long. I, I like that stuff, but I, I can I can kind of see your point. I I like that they do the lost in space reference, but then it's it's like uh, then I'm like, what am I listening to a podcast where Steve Buscemi <laughs> talks about lost in space? <laughs> Wouldn't you want to listen to a podcast where Steve Buscemi talks about Lost in Space? Yeah, if I sat down, put on my headphones, and said, "Okay, let me hit play on Lost in Space," <laughs> I'm trying to watch Mystery Train. Fair enough. Fair a enough. Movie as old as I am. Fair enough. Fair enough. A movie exactly as old as you are. You're right. <laughs> well, I don't know if it came out on my birthday, but well, sure. But it came out the, the year same you were born. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That shocked me. I thought it was more recent. Oh, no, no. Yeah, this was I want to say Jim Jarmusch's first movie or like around then. Really? Uh, That's why if it's um, his first, he he did knock it out of the park, I'll say. Okay, so it wasn't his first movie. He had done three movies before that and a bunch of shorts. Okay. 
because um, he did down by down by Lost, Stranger Than Paradise, and Permanent Vacation were the three features he did before that. Okay. Um, and he had done the first Coffee and Cigarettes short, which would later be compiled into Coffee and Cigarettes, the film. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I don't know. I, I I had seen Coffee and Cigarettes. Do you, well, let me ask you this: How do you feel about Coffee and Cigarettes? Uh, the 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 film I like. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> I like a lot of the the shorts. They're interesting. Yeah, I, I I like Coffee and Cigarettes a lot because I like Jim Jarmusch is what we've learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't know. Is there anything else you have to say about Mystery Train? Uh, I just had a note that said it's like Four Rooms, but you don't like Four Rooms. I don't like Four Rooms. No, I, it's like a more chill Four Rooms. Yeah, I like Four Rooms. <laughs> I like most of Four Rooms. See, that's another one where I like parts of Four Rooms, but overall, I don't like Four Rooms. Yeah. All right, back to um, the Minuto. Sure, back to the Minuto. The dog's name is Fang. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, that's interesting, and I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like it. It seems like uh, someone tried too hard to make a choice, you know? Oh, sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I just, I don't know. It just seems like they're trying to, they, like they, like the, uh, Fang just isn't a realistic name to this dog. No one, no one looks at this dog and thinks I'm going to name that dog Fang. Not even Buck Lafarge. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. I, I, I think Buck Lafarge renamed this dog Fang. Well, sure. Well, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. How do you feel about people renaming dogs that they've rescued from shelters? Uh, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I think you need it. <laughs> I mean that, I mean, listen, I have a dog. His name is Nucky. Mm. Nucky was not his name at the shelter. Yeah, I have a dog. His name at the shelter was Butters. And her name at the shelter was Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's not your dog's name. No. And that I don't like that as a name. And I don't think Butters was a fitting name for my dog. <laughs> No. I'm not going to have my dog named after South fucking Park? South Park. That's a South Park? I, I mean, listen, I don't know why Nucky's name was Butters at the shelter. I don't know why they chose that. Maybe it was a South Park reference. Maybe it wasn't. I know his name is fucking Nucky now. Huh, yeah. Um, all I'm saying is like, because the, the like Fang. Dogs have teeth. I would never call dogs teeth fangs. You know what I mean? What, wasn't there a cartoon where there was a dog named Fang? Maybe that's what this is a reference to. Maybe it's Buck Lafarge's. That's how old he is, you know? I don't believe it. Uh, so then when Fang howls in response to, to he's, he's in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Buck Lafarge pulls out the tranquilizer gun, mm-hmm. but it looks like a pistol. It does look like a pistol. It's like a weirdly like... Uh, Hey, that's another tie into Mystery Train. A gun is prominent in that movie. There you go. Um, it's it's very it's a very jarring moment. Also. Oh yeah, and he and he cocks the um the tranquilizer gun, but it you does keep look saying like a, tranquilizer, tranquilizer, like you're George W. Bush saying nuclear, Trank, tranquilizer, tranquilizer, Trank, How are you saying it? Tranquilizer, tranquilizer. Well, I, I mean that I really stretched it out, but tranquilizer, tranquilizer. Am I saying it right now? <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm I'm lost in the fuzz. I don't even know anymore. Maybe I was wrong from the beginning. I don't know. Well, let's continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck off. Fuck off. You're <laughs> you're doing a deep cut reference to the fact that sometimes I happen to say the word can as as y'all like to say it continue. I happen to say continue sometimes. Whatever. So the tranquilizer gun. Oh my god. <laughs> uh. What? Oh, behind them. I I wanted to note the um. 
Abe is just kind of sitting there, dazed. Yeah, Abe is like Abe is, either, of, uh, <laughs> Abe is either not a good actor or wasn't given good direction. That's what I'm going to say. I will check off both boxes. <laughs> Abe is like an NPC that has just been like set to not respond to anything. Mm-hmm. Like Abe is just sort of frozen in, in, in space in a way that I find un- unnatural and, and, and unbelievable. Uh, so then the, the, the final vignette of the minute is we see Dunstan is now uh, dashing around the room. Mm-hmm. Again, no one is noticing. Yeah, Lord it's, Rutledge is it's, looking. It's re- at this point, it's really buck wild that no one is noticing because he is just openly dashing around the room. You say at this point, the first time we saw Dunstan dash into this room, he just dashed straight through. I mean, it. you're not wrong. <laughs> it's, it's always been wild. You're, yeah. Uh, so we see him ducking under uh, Lionel Spaulding's table. We see him just out of the corner of our eye mm-hmm. uh, because as we pan up, we're actually focusing on his table mate who is reacting to, to two other uh, ball attendees. Uh, yeah. One of I believe the man says it's wonderful. Really? <laughs> and the woman has a fur that she gestures with. Yeah. And the, the Spalding's table mate says, how can these women wear fur? I think everyone should. And that's that's the minute. minute. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that something indeed? Son of a. So I had my I had my thing open that had what my next minute choice was, uh-huh. and then it closed. Oh no! You know, you know, things like that happen sometimes. <laughs> things like that just happen sometimes. Okay, I found it. Uh, do you want to hear what I'm going to pair with minute seventy two? I would love to hear what you're going to pair with minute. 72 a little film called okja oh shit <laughs> i can i i'm not going to but can i be honest yeah i'm tempted to veto what? only only because i've heard that okja is a, is like a if you really read into the metaphor it's a hard movie to watch when you are a person who eats beef oh god <laughs> Well, I mean, it's directed by uh, yeah, Boon, uh, Bong Bong Joon Ho, yeah, who did Parasite, which we both enjoyed. We both enjoy a lot, and I'm, honestly, I, I I was previously a Snowpiercer skeptic. Upon rewatching Snowpiercer, I enjoy that film quite a bit. There, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So why not? Let's just watch another in his in his oeuvre. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Like that's, the thing. Some, that's there's Jake Gyllenhaal's in there. I know oh. that. You know I love that. that. I mean, that's why I'm not vetoing is because I like the filmmaker, but I'm 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 just afeard it's going to make me very sad. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you I don't have an alternate, so please don't. <laughs> I won't veto, but it's gonna make me very sad. Just heads up. Yeah, I figured I would also be very sad, but I I just maybe we should watch it. Maybe we should be sad. Maybe we should be sad a little. <laughs> Plugs. Uh, yeah. So I do another podcast called Nothing New, a remake podcast with Justin Kizan. Every month we talk about films that are remakes or a, a adaptations of similar material from throughout the years of film because, you know, as they say there's nothing new in Hollywood. And yes, they say it. Don't check. I'll tell you. I'm t- telling the truth. Uh, go to benvnetwork.com slash nothing new for that. And I do another podcast called It's On My List. It's on my list. Pod.com is where you can find that. Because your kiss, your kiss is on my list 
every month me and a group of friends get together and talk about movies that people say we should see or that we think other people should see um you know check them out they're good they're good episode times check them out and check them out uh and you can find me on twitter and instagram at podcaster you can find me on twitter and instagram at very cool emily that's right my name's diet coke but my twitter is still very cool emily um i don't excuse me i just hit oh my god are you <laughs> <laughs> i've had i keep get, getting the hiccups all day today and i'm so fucking sick of it <laughs> i also stream on twitch sometimes you can follow me twitch.tv slash diet coke 666 um wait you your twitch yeah, my name is Diet Coke now. Please talk about the Patreon and shit so I can drink water to get rid of these hiccups. Uh, Patreon busted free, and you should go to patreon.com slash Dunstan Checks Men to, to find our Patreon episodes. Every time we do one, we give them to you there. Um, every We do the pre-show. We do Mario monthly check-ins. Uh, we do all kinds of stuff. Lots of good bonus content on there. All, for a dollar a month, you get access to all of it. Uh, please consider... Uh, and a portion of the proceeds go to R-A-I-C-E-S, which is a, 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 a group helping uh, helping people when they need it. Um, That's right. And you can go to YouTube.com and just look for Dunstan Checks in because I'm sure they the full film is there. But please don't do don't come on. Please be cool. Um, <laughs> so find Dunstan Checks Min. Uh, you search for that and you'll find little mashups that I create that are the minute that we're talking about with the trailer for the film that we're talking uh, so those are those are a lot of fun, and you can go to Twitter um, at Majestic Hotel and Y, and you can go to Instagram Dunstan Checks Men, and there's lots of normal pictures there. Hell yeah! And if you go if you go to i Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and you review us, and you give us five stars, then the next step in the text of your here's what you need to do: mm-hmm. go to your podcatcher, give us five stars, and then in the text of your review, tell us. Either what you like or what you hate about ska. Good. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, Anything else? And I think that about wraps it up. Cool. I really have to pee. Okay, just say the thing you're supposed to say. Oh, remember, Dunson is spelled with a U. Fuck! (laughs) We're checking out. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Nothing new is something new. That great poets imitate and improve. Where our small ones steal and spoil. Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Justin. And if it wasn't readily apparent at that, we're huge nerds about remakes. That's why we're doing the Nothing New Podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a remake in detail and its original, covering them in whatever order they come out, from Wizard Waz to It and beyond. They're remaking Stuart Gordon's 1986 sci-fi horror classic from beyond? Oh, no. Not yet. Oh, that's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Justin and I, and maybe a guest or two, to explore the wonderful world of remakes, film by film. Remakes have been done forever. People talk about Scarface don't even know that was a remake. Oh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Antoine Fuqua. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.